It's crazy, man, because like you know, I don't know. I guess I, I guess there's some level of pride that men we taking our hair and everything too. Yeah, we don't really. Yeah, it is. We don't really like think about it and know until like you start losing it. <laughs> and, uh, bro, like yeah, I mean, I got I got a ball spot right here on my chin. In the chin. In the chin. In the chin. And that and and it's crazy because like all three of them. I got one here, one in the back of my head, and one up here, right? All three of them, 
basically just happened like overnight. Like this one happened one night. I woke, I literally woke up one morning. There's no hair to be found anywhere. It's just gone. Right. Dang. This, this one get up like a, a month or so later, just bam, a big old patch gone. Uh, now the crazy thing is like, that's they cold, are man. growing back, but they're going, they're growing back slowly, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, it's, it's, it's interesting. I went to the doctor and everything and, they got gave me the little steroid shot, um, and it started to grow, but it only started to grow in like a certain area. So I don't know, wait, man. But wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they use wait. steroids as a hair growth. Yeah. Wait, hold on. What, did they put the needle in your head, or where did they put the needle at? Where did the needle? In go? my head. <sighs> I didn't uh, even like, know nope, that was going nope, on. No. No. Nope. Yeah, man. So no. I feel I. You know, I, I'm 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 thankful for what I got, but I definitely. I, I ain't been where y'all been, but <laughs> I got to say, like, at this point, I don't want to go where you have gone. I don't want to go to the final frontier. <laughs> hey, man, it's all different. You know, like, you got the grays. Um, but Mark, Mark got the full beard, though. I never could get that, man. I'm oh, trying man, to get that a little bit bigger. I, I want it a little bit more. I want to. I want no, he going to he gonna try to like... rub it in. He going to try no, to rub no. it in. <laughs> I want mine. I want mine to be a little bit more, just like you know, neater and just fuller and whatnot. Like I, I just want mine. I don't want no James Harden. You know what I'm saying? But like, if it's like, if it's like, uh, if it's like Wayne's, I'll be good mm-hmm. with that. Hey, mine's a straight carpet, bro. It turns into straight, straight carpet. carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't even try, man. It, I, it ain't nothing I can do. Be like, let me go ahead and just. Cut this mess off <laughs> because it's over here acting like it's gonna do something. It ain't gonna do nothing. But I mean, have, listen, send you out for like a good five weeks waiting on it, and you yeah. just looking crazy. <laughs> Jay, you got your uh, you got your questions right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So cool. So look, we're about to get started, and uh, see Dre over here. He playing. Second music. I don't know what, what that's about. We don't do second music on this show. What? <laughs> All music belongs to Jesus. Ah, ah, preach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, hey. Uh, if you ever listen to uh, what's the name of that song? It's it's a song by Drake on his Scorpion album, bro. Like, I, I'm grateful that I'm married because there's a song that I really do like. And then I get I get mad at Drake because like after I think it's like almost two minutes in, he switches it up and goes to something completely different. I'm like, why would you do that to me? Like, why would you make that kind of a vibe of a song where I could play it with my wife in the house, you know what I'm saying, and get ready to go down? And then you go and do that. Wow. Like <laughs> that ain't cool, bro. Like it made me. This dude said get ready to go down. <laughs> I'm saying, like, it's about to go down, you know what I'm saying, then you, it's like, what? Well, bless the Lord. Yes, bless the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Maybe that's why you shouldn't be listening to secular music. (laughs) Keep it in the kingdom. I said keep it in the kingdom. Hey, nobody in the kingdom is making songs that I can that can help some move. That uh, is Dietrich not true. They said that, the move. Uh, no, Dietrich had that, doing it. Oh yeah, that is not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go listen to D. I didn't I know. I mean, I mean, he in there. 
When I first heard that album, I was like, yo, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, what I album is that? Go there. What uh, album is his, that? His Christmas album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, he gets really detailed. I was like, oh. It's a little explicit <laughs> content. I ain't really yeah. listening to it all like that, but, you know, if, if that's where you're trying to go in the kingdom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know oh, what I'm man. saying? I feel it, bro. Hey, let's get <laughs> Oh man, that was that was great. Listen, let's get <laughs> Ah man. I gotta I gotta dang, that was good. That was funny. Welcome to the Flip the Switch podcast where we flip the switch on everything. From everything. Relationships to self-identity, fatherhood, motherhood. We talk about it all. It doesn't matter what it is. Business, entrepreneurship. If you want to talk about it, we we talk about it. Listen, we got a special guest on the show today. Special guest on the show. Very special guest today. This is, <laughs> see, this is one person that is not just I know him or Dre knows him. We both know him. I think, well, Dre's known him longer, but nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, he's been literally what we call a day one. Like, literally since the day, literally since the day <laughs> that I met him, got his number and everything that he's ever told me, he has been a man of his word. Like, let me just, long story short, really short story. We met in, uh, at Ronnie's, a.k.a. Elance's, um album release party. And by the end of the night, he gave me his number. He found out I was moving to San Bernardino, where he's at. And he was like, hey, man, if you need help moving, let me know. I didn't cash in on that only because... I just met him and I was like, eh, you know, I don't, you know, that I don't, you know, I just, I'm uncomfortable doing something like that. It's like, I want you to get to know me first. I don't want you to think that, you know, I want something after I just met you. So I was like, let me just, I'm not going to call him. I had other people that was able to help me out. So it was all good. But I appreciate him because ever since then, there have been times where I did need some help. He was there for your boy. Yeah. Welcome to the, to the Flip the Switch podcast, bro. This hey, is Mike. Thank this is Mike Darnell. me on. Yeah, man, Mike this Darnell's about to be our, in the house. This is about to be our most anointed episode. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, for real though. Like, I, don't, I don't know if there's gonna be another. Yeah, now, uh, let me brag on you just for a second, man. Since I've known Mike Darnell, man, he's been a a great mentor in the faith, man. Me and you, we, you know, you know, we've had some conversations where. I yeah. felt like God was on three way with us. You know, for what real, saying? for real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> on the phone, uh, I witnessed you. You know, what I'm saying, fight against religion. You know, what I'm saying, I witnessed yeah. you uh, help me out with music. You know, what I'm saying, you every area that I've seen you work in, you put God first and you go hard in it, man. So I appreciate you, bro. Just as a man, man overall, y'all, man. Y'all oh, yeah, some pretty absolutely. good dudes, man. <laughs> you gotta feel hey, good when you come on here, man. We got for real. You know what I'm for real. I mean, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of bragging. I think we could both do on on Mike. Like I, yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that. That's that's a that's a conversation that we could have. If we have an episode where you know everybody's reunited, we could have that conversation then. Because yeah. it's a lot I've been through in the past what four years. And Mike has been there it has for, been for a years lot since of, you moved out here. Yeah, huh? bro. You've been at San Bernardino for four years. Crazy. Well, no, Dang. I've been out here for three. I've been out here for it's three, almost though. four. Yeah, it's been almost four. But wow. I'm, it's just been he's been there for a lot of crazy stuff in my life the last three years. So 
Yeah, it, I could like I said, I could brag on him. I don't know you can too, but I can, I can brag on him like for hours on hours for days. Like, all right, yeah. Well, so, anyways, you need brothers <laughs> like that. Man. Yeah, for real, you do. I, I that's and that's one thing I can say about both of you guys. Like, uh, I I, I can't call Dre a day one because the first day that we actually met. <laughs> We did not keep in touch. We didn't actually hear from each other for almost a whole year. I know. So I I think I mentioned something to Bree when they were dating. I don't know. Wait, I don't know if y'all were dating at the time. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think so. We got to But no, y'all were friends though. Y'all were close friends though. I know that much for sure. And uh, yeah, like we met. <laughs> we both came over for a pool day. Had never talked to him like maybe for like whole, a year you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then somehow, some way, we got. We got reconnected off of something. I know it was off of music. Mm. And then we met up. We actually literally met up at a Starbucks in Hawthorne. And then ever since then, though, we've been we've been cool. And Jay has been one of my closest brothers, one of my closest friends. Never, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate both of y'all. I can brag on y'all for days. Praise so God, listen, man. man. Listen, man. Uh, as you know, we, we do a random opinion of the week and uh every every guest that we have come on we we put it on y'all we put it on you <laughs> to do that right because they hear from us every week it's like you know we gotta have some variety but before we get into that mike before we get to your opinion i gotta say that this week the highlight is mike darnell and his album election day for real like, that album Bro, like, I like it's dope. I, I, one thing I feel, well, let me just say it like this: the reason why I personally feel like it's dope is because it's a very well balanced album contextually, or, or you know, based off of the content. Mm-hmm. You talk about spirituality, you talk about God and the kingdom, but you talk about real life stuff in there too. You talk about things in the culture. You talk about you know. Uh, marriage, you know, you got a little bit of just everything in there. And, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's hard to find, where you can find a really well-balanced album. And I think what else is dope about it is that sonically, you can't even find an area to put it in. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's only sonically. Yeah, they need and to I literally make dope. a, they need to make a whole election day category. <laughs> like just make it a, a call it election the election or the elect category I don't care like that, like that's a whole genre by itself you know what I'm saying like that's a category by itself bro but that man, that's, I, like he said you know, it's, 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 it's funny I just think that like that whole album was literally like my journey for years I mean there's so many songs on there that were written back in college and you know ideas that were started back in college and then coming out of college like uh, <clears throat> dealing with life, like getting my first job, like not really enjoying my first job and my boss and the pressures that came with that, the pressures that came with like losing friends and everything. So it, I think I think the reason why it's like so widespread like that is because it's literally different seasons of my life mm. that's ultimately coming to a place of choosing like even though people have hurt me, even though society has these things, these pressures, these 
stigmas about me, I'm still going to choose to be a man of God in, in spite of it. So it's, I, it's crazy because it's one of those projects where I believe like it wouldn't have been what it had been unless I wrote it for like, I mean, it, literally some of those songs before the album was released were like eight years old. <laughs> and and some of them I've been waiting it. on for a while. Some of them I had known. For a while. <laughs> I know, and, and there's still a lot of them that we waiting on, huh? <laughs> but they coming. <laughs> oh well, yeah, man. man. And my favorite man. one is Good Thing, man. Good Thing got the vibes, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love Good. Hey, Good Thing has gotten me through some stuff, man. Like for real, I had to like. There are times I have to like turn it on and make myself think, you know what I'm saying? Like, my wife's strengths and stuff like that. Like, this is, like, keep me focused like, and keep me in perspective. That's really what it is about, just yeah. keeping that perspective. It's, it's, it can, it's it can, interesting, man, because I, I think, like, with that project, I mean, you know, I'm definitely a worshiper at heart. And, I mean, mm -hmm. you guys have seen me, in the, especially you, Dre, like, you see me in the context of, like, worshiping and, like, leading worship in the church context. Yeah, but there was just always something in me that was crying out more like, hey, like you you can shatter barriers of religion by just like putting out this other sound that actually lives in you. I mean, it's like the kingdom is not restricted to a certain sound. The kingdom has right. all types of sounds and all types of cultures within it, you know, and the different backgrounds. And so. Uh, a lot of those sounds like, you know, people don't want to talk about like marriage and it being in the context of something that's good because God put it together. Right. But yeah. you hear all this other stuff out uh, and surrounded on the same issue of love. But it's always I love you. You hurt me. I'm walking away. Never see you again. Mm -hmm. So literally a lot. That song was really to give God's voice on what unity between a man and a woman should look like because the culture tells us all the pain and the hurt that it is mm -hmm. and so it's just to give god's perspective on it and that's kind of how i approach the album like not the perspective of the church not the perspective of the culture but literally if i took away the confines of religion and we just had jesus alone what would his viewpoint on it be See, Mike bring that kingdom talk. He bring that kingdom yeah. talk. That's what I like. That's, that's what I like, bro. <laughs> hey, it's been times when I've been over to Mike's house and, like, literally, like, I just, it's just, it's a chill to my body, like, because, like, the, the way that Mike talks, like, it's almost as if <laughs> literally God is talking through him no matter what we're talking about. We could be talking about coffee and then go into, <laughs> to, Bro, I'm you know telling you, like his it's reputation like amazing, precedes bro. him. When I told my wife, I said, "Man, we have a Mike Smith on the show." She was like, "Mike Smith? Oh snap! Like, what's this one going on?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, y'all are crazy, man. No, it's real. No, for real, bro. <laughs> you have real. a profound impact of your presence, man. It's just yeah. I, I can't explain it, man. You have no idea. God bless y'all, man. I, I don't even know if I ever will find enough words to describe how like grateful I am that like you know what I'm saying like we're not just friends but like I like you one of my like big brothers you know what I'm saying like that that's hard to find you know what I mean like it, it's really hard to find when you got it you know what I'm saying like that's why I try to make sure every now and then at the very least I hit you up just mm -hmm, to check yeah. when you see how you doing or you know say what's up whatever you know what I'm saying like if, you, if like there have been times when you were like 
on my mind and my heart. And then like I'll miss that day, like, oh shoot, I didn't I didn't hit a mic. Okay, let me hit him up today, like right now while he, while he's on my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like I try to get right. it done. So that way I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not a uh a constant battle, so to speak, of trying to make sure I hit you up. Like, no, like that's your brother. Like you need to hit him up, you know what I mean? So I appreciate uh, y'all. Man. Yeah, man. So look, let's get into this this opinion of yours. And <laughs> yeah. We really, I know Dre's always ready to argue. He's always always I don't know why, but he is. I, I don't know. I don't know how y'all gonna feel about it, man. Oh, uh, Dre, you pro- Dre probably gonna side with me just because he's from the South, but <laughs> hey, okay, man. okay. Hey, so grits. With sugar in it, it's it's trash. <laughs> and it's terrible. What? What? It's trash. Oh, oh. Only <laughs> only grits with salt and cheese should live and have life. That's what? it. Wait, oh wait, 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 bro. Wait. I, you should have went back a few episodes before I, you even brought that up. You, I think that was on like the second or the third episode. Something like that. Yeah, I brought that up. Bro, <laughs> did you? Hey, yeah. It's, it's a discussion that needs to sugar. live, though. I love rich with sugar. <laughs> I put sugar and salt and cheese. You <laughs> from the <laughs> town? <laughs> Bro, what is going on? That is oh so goodness. trash. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. This is this is the discussion that needs to happen right now. I mean, we got, we got riots going on. We got black, you know, Black Lives Matter. And y'all over here talking about some sugar. I mean, so listen, even oh, if it man. was on the past episode, like, this is a conversation that needs to live. So grits, like the only time grits is a sh- is a is a southern comfort food. It is. It is. Oh, I don't. See, like I don't. I don't use sugar when I pair it. Like if I pair it with catfish or I pair it with shrimps, I, I, don't, I don't use sugar. But if it's by itself, just with some eggs, like it's got eggs on the side and some toast or something. Ah, oh, sweeten oh, that man. thing up, man. Sweeten that thing up. Trash, <laughs> <laughs> man. Listen. I, Listen, I, I already said this before, and I will say it again. And again, like Mike said, I, that's something that we will absolutely agree on. This is a conversation that we can have for a lifetime. I don't care. And I'm going to constantly, you know, side with this. Listen, it, if you don't put the, the salt in the water first for the boiling point and all that stuff, and then add the, the, the grits, listen, and listen. then add the sugar and the butter to it after, now what? Sir. And then cheese is optional. You know what I'm saying? Don't have cheese, to be cheese, cheese is optional, but cheese is optional. Man, it's the cheesiest. I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love, I love some good. If it's made hey, correctly, if it's made correctly, grits I love is fire, some grits. Yeah, yeah. cheesy grits is fire. I'm with that. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't against that at all. But all right, so we got some agreement. My God. Yeah, we got some. <laughs> you would have known this if you would have listened to the episode before. I listen. I didn't listen to it, but I'm 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 almost glad I didn't because this this, this is a conversation that continues to be just like a dividing like aspect of black culture. Like it's funny because I, was at, I heard I was, at the, I, I was literally at the church the other day and somebody was like, "You don't put sugar in your grits," and I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? That ain't the South." That ain't how we grew up in the South. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's where grits originated from. 
True. Like, I, I, man, I was even reading this article about how grits <laughs> creates a, a racial and social divide. <laughs> really? It does. Yes. It and does. I think, and I, I think that's why I was. Know that. I think that's why it was on my mind because, like, they were t in in this article. I forgot who the article was by, but they was literally talking about how, like, people who grew up in the South, they, you know, a savory taste. But they was like, as people moved out or people that were not from the South, there, there's this thing that developed that they started putting sugar in the grits. So really, what the article was saying is that you ain't authentic. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got sugar in your grits. <laughs> hey, bro. Louisiana over here, man. I'm born and bred, man. I'm authentic, man. I don't know what, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> and, and it's funny, man, because, you know, like, I grew up in the South, but my family is from California. You know what I'm saying? They moved to the South. So I was always back and forth. So you maybe, mixed up, maybe man. It's a, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that mixture that's in me that got up. it. <laughs> he had mixed breed. He had mixed Dude. breed, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. I don't even... <sighs> so I, I I don't know. I, I feel like it's a conversation that still needs to be had. Cause well, yeah, especially here. since this episode is about fatherhood. I already see that you're about to, you know... <laughs> <laughs> mess up your kid's life. You about to mess up your whole family's life. Wow. <laughs> Excluding sugar from grits, hey, man. Hey, I'm praying for your I, daughter, I man. I feel like, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? This is my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Well, it is what it is. But I feel like you should allow Zoe to taste it for herself and then she can decide on her own. You know what I'm saying? Has she like, ever tried if, it? Huh? No. That's not something we do in our homes. You know, I mean, I do that. As for me and listen, my house. <laughs> she, we, she gotta know what she gotta know what home base is. She gotta know what the foundation is. She can, she can venture off. She can try to leave. You know, home base. You know, but. Uh, Nah, I ain't. Nah, I mean, man. I'm not. Prepared. Not in his house. <laughs> nah, no, I, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Come on, hey, Mike. Hey, man. I need to know. <laughs> hey, I, I got to ask. Hey, I got to ask this question, Mike. If you saw your daughter putting sugar in the grits, would you slap it out of her hand? Nah, man. I ain't, I ain't <laughs> evil. I mean, God. I'll be like. You know, you know how black people when we when we have our like opinion we, and our our voice get higher, be like, what? Yeah, what, what, what you doing? What you doing? You gonna be like, Uncle Dre put me on? Sorry, <laughs> no, that man, you need to unlearn that habit. That's, that's <laughs> oh man, that was great. Oh, that was good. It was good. That was good. It was good to revisit that conversation. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that gave me the smile of my that day. And we had we that was a lot of history the... behind it. I never, I never heard. I never yeah, heard I it. never knew that. Yeah. I mean, I knew it, it originated out there, but I didn't know, like, you know, how, you know, I didn't, I didn't know all of it's that. Like that whole, like, it's like a whole, like, it's like a whole, like, thing, man. Like, it's like a big divide. That's uh, crazy. And I, I, I didn't even get into it, but I was saying something where somebody was talking about how <clears throat> it actually like uh, has a lot to do with uh, the divine on racism too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, 
Really? Like, not that, it, not that it, it's like a key pillar of it, but it's right. like intertwined in that whole conversation. What? Um, so, yeah. So I think we need to... <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, like, if you want sugar in your grits, have sugar in your grits. My God, live your life. <laughs> but, hey, Paul told, Paul told me that if, you know, I ain't got no conviction about it, don't worry about it. And <laughs> if, you know, other people ain't got a conviction, you know, or if they do have a conviction for it, then it is what it is. But don't argue with me about what I'm eating. Yeah, I, I, I just feel, I feel like that conversation needs to be Bill, I mean, you know, revisiting because I, you know, I'm I grew up in the South. I only came uh, to California for college, and and my under my understanding through the whole college experience was that I was going to go back home, but I I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a lot of things about the West when I came out here. I'm like, man, these people is different. What y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I do. So uh, so yeah, I mean, and and then you know. Grits are something that's really associated to like home, you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's it, you know when I'm when I'm out here, like my whole my whole immediate family is back in the south. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things, you know, how like you have like little things that bring you back to that your bring you back home. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and that's what it is for me. So it's 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 uh it's close to me, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's not the best thing for me, but you know, it tastes great. <laughs> you can't eat it all day. <laughs> so I feel it. So listen, let's um, let's get into this conversation. Uh, I, we gonna Dre likes to for some reason or another. He likes to just dive straight into deep feet, you know, eight feet and stuff like that, and <laughs> say, hey, let's just let's just float here. Like we don't even have to swim. Let's just float here. And I'm like, no, Dre, let's, you know, let's start off. Let's swim our way there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I, so it, it works out good. So I'm going to ask this question first, and then we can, we'll figure it out from there. But um, <clears throat> just in, in general, what what is fatherhood like for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you only have one kid, and on top of that, it's a girl. You know what I'm saying? So what what is fatherhood like for you? What is it like for me? Um, it's definitely enjoyable. For sure, uh, enjoyable. It challenges me a lot, um, and it and it causes me to self reflect a lot on um, how I'm portraying the role of a father in general, but also the role of a black father uh, with all the stigmas and things that come with it that society has uh, placed on it. Uh, you know, fathers not being involved and fathers not you know, or even times where fathers are involved or, or present, but they're still not involved. <laughs> like, right, you know, right. like have, having, having a father that's in the house, but like, you know, you don't really invest any time. In the, the autopilot father. I've, I've yes. seen some households like yeah. that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as fatherhood to me, it just, it carries a level of weight because it's something that I feel that I have to like, <clears throat> I have to bring it every day. Like I can't just, and I mean, and it's not every day that I'm perfect. There's days yeah. where my, my attention gets divided or, you know, work being work or, or life being life and positions that we carry as men, um, you know, for other like aspects, because you put on this hat as a father, this hat as a pastor or a leader, this hat over here on this, uh, in your job or whatever you do. 
um, and you can find that you're not giving the time out of a 24-hour day, you're not, you didn't really give any time. It was just very unintentional time. And so I, I, I often have conversations uh, with myself, like, um, am I being intentional? And so it's, uh, you know, it's a daughter of one <laughs> uh, because y'all got kids. I mean, <laughs> y'all got kids, but, you know, even even leading one, uh, you know, it, it, it still is a challenge, you know, because you can be so brought away and steered to other things. So, right. That's true. I think intention was something that I figured out over the past year. Uh, really, two thousand like the end of two thousand nineteen, um, and the beginning of two thousand twenty, I really had to be like, okay, no, I'm not just playing with my daughter in the meantime. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. just talking to her in leisure time by like I'm setting aside time for yeah. intention. You know what I'm saying? To teach you how to cook, to to learn with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's what it's starting to finally like hit me too. It's like yo, like. Like, my wife had to kind of get on me the other day. It was like, yo, like, you're not spending as much time with them, you know what I'm saying, like you used to. And that that's sometimes, like, a hard thing. Like, you know, I, I don't know about for all men. I don't want to say for all men, but I know for me, it's hard, especially, like, when I kind of already know that, you know what I mean? And I'm internalizing, like, you know what I'm saying? I just got to a point where I had to, like, realize, like, yo, you've been living in your head all these years for so long. You got to start, you know what I'm saying, living outside of your head. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to start bringing those conversations out. You have to start, you know, bringing those actions out and things like that. Start really dealing with things and changing the whole narrative. So that way, you know what I'm saying? You can be better, you know what I'm saying? And especially in regards to fatherhood, because you're, you're raising up the next generation. You're raising up part of the next, you know, uh, what the future is going to look like. And yeah. you can't just sit back and just be like, like Dre said, kind of just, you know, do it in, in, in the meantime or, you know, in leisure time and things like that. You have to be more intentional and say, okay, maybe I'll like, especially like if you're working from home right now, it'd be like, okay, I'll do four hours of work. And then, you know, they'll, by the time that's done, they'll be awake. So then I'll go play with them, you know, uh, for a couple of hours or something like that, whatever. Then I'll go spend time with the wife. Now I'll get back to work or, you know, whatever. But you have to be more intentional about it. You have to like actually make it be where it's like, yo, like you're actually putting in time that's not just leisure time, but it's actually intentional. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and that way it's more effective. Oh yeah, so. for sure. And I and I mean I'll be honest, man, like there's there's definitely days I just feel like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm failing, you know, at yeah. that, you know, because sometimes as a provider you can you can be like, man, I'm trying to make this 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 money and trying to take the family to another level. But even in the midst of that, you have to make sure that you're not you're not just exhausting yourself. And I and I honestly I find myself doing that often where because I'm always trying to build something. I'm always trying to integrate something, do something new for the family. And it's great, mm-hmm. but the the dollars don't translate to love. And right, yeah, I, yeah, and that and that's the thing is like that's deep right there. <laughs> yeah. and, and as as men, you know, society tells us that the dollars make you worth it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like you ain't even yeah. worth being the father. You ain't even worth if you being don't a husband unless you producing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it's sad because like as uh, men in general. Um, growing up, society has taught us this thing, 
And uh, I remember early on in my marriage, I was, I would, I would have conversations with my wife and I would just tell her like, you know, the whole thing about like, you know, uh, starting a family, having to, you know, move out of an apartment that you're renting or whatever and move back home or, or, you know, move into your in-laws house because like, you know, financially you weren't able to do it. It's like, it should be like, Hey, it's good. Like we family, we got each other, but our society has taught us like, man, you do that. Like you like the worst, <laughs> you like the Seriously. worst person as Seriously, a man. For real. So, yeah, and then, yeah. and now when you bring it down to being a father, it's like the conversations come up like, well, you should have never had no kids. Cause I mean, obviously you ain't producing. So it's like, is my, is my, me being a father and me being a provider, uh, the only thing that makes me worth it. And I think that's, mm. that's what the conversation really, uh, the stigma really leads to. Uh, if I'm not producing, then what good am I? Now we know yeah. that's not the truth, but mm -hmm. that's how society has like put it to us. And so uh, because of that, men will spend more of their time answering that question on their day-to-day -day life versus mm. answering the question of being in position as a father and really being able to uh, give like your, your heart, your time, your energy to your kids. Cause you over here chasing gifts that you feel like they value more. Wow. Shit. <laughs> See? See what we talked about? <laughs> See? This, this is exactly what we were talking about earlier. Man. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's real though, because I can't tell it you. Is. Know, like, I've, I've had to do that recently, like, move back in with my in laws. And it took me a while to feel like a man again. You know what I mean? To yeah. feel like the king Dang. of my household again, because it was like, how could you be that? But not able to keep a roof over your family's head at the same time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not able to. So yeah, it, it really does. And it hurts your pride, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I got convicted like some years ago, uh, like when my daughter was really young, at one of the rhetorics. Uh, you remember rhetoric, the poetry? Yeah. yeah. Um, and one guy told a poem. And at the end of the poem, he said, I know I just don't ever want my child to be like, who's Jesus, the guy who took my father away from home? My and God. I was like, Sheesh, oh, dang, sir. you know what I mean? And <laughs> I, it happens, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you could be so involved with what, what you believe your mission is, you know what I'm saying, your purpose, right. that it takes you completely away from the home, you know what I mean? And they yeah, You just said a mouthful, man. Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, man. that thing right there is... is uh, that's that's huge, man. Like, um, and that just makes me think about the scriptures where, you know, it talks about, you know, how can a man serve in the house of God with his basically his house not right. being in order. You know, right. I feel like there's so many men, uh like first the first level is just being a husband, right? And then the mm. second level is being a father. And I man, it's it's so crazy like finding that balance between um serving god and his people okay wait stop right there because you about to answer a question i was going to ask i'm going <laughs> yeah, to i was i was just keep going i didn't even so, want to ask that question because i, I didn't want to jump did. in and say Dre, no no i know i didn't want to i didn't want to jump in because he said some stuff earlier that uh -huh. connected to that and i didn't want to be like well dre so there's a question about you know what i'm saying and i was like 
<laughs> like, but it was going there because now we in eight feet. You know what I'm saying? Like we swimming, swimming. All right. So yeah. So I was going to ask you, you know, how do you balance your relationship with, you know, your church and being your, in your home life? You know, how do you balance that relationship? Man, first of all, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. um, it's tough. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's, it's everything, right? So church life, um, you know, work, uh, at work, you know, there's a certain, and it's crazy, man, just because of this whole, like, uh, George Floyd thing going on right now. At work, I'm yeah. like the only uh, black man on the team. Everybody else, is. really? Yeah. <laughs> so my boss is a is a is a white lady. She's awesome. I I love her. She's awesome. Uh, but like, I'm the only black person on the team. So it like talk about being a leader, like someone who is called to leadership in any capacity. But in every capacity, you lead. You know, so yeah. you're leading at home. You're leading at the church. You're leading at work and conversations coming up at work. Like, hey, uh, I don't really understand about like, why do black people feel this way or that way? <laughs> and that's, that's a whole nother question. So I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get there later. But uh, just like finding that balance, man, it's, 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 it's tough because, um, and I, I pull work into it because you can't look at, you have to take the whole 24 hour day. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I normally like when work was normal, I'm normally getting up early in the morning, hitting the gym around about 5.00 AM, six or five 30, come back home. I, I normally leave the house before the family gets up. Um, I get back home usually around like three 30, um, spend time with the kids or spend time with the wife, spend time with the daughter. Um, and then honestly, I'm, also trying to find time to build some other home-based business or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, normally I'm usually at the church probably like usually like three to four t days out of the week for something, you know, something, something's going on or maybe not at the church, but something in the church, like, uh, you know, outreach or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and you look at that time that work takes from you like coming, you know, being gone, don't see your family really like awake until like three thirty, And then you got to be at the church at like seven. And then, you know, after that, like the daughter's going down at like nine, nine thirty. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it, it can be a struggle, man. Like just trying to find that balance because you, you have to do each and all. Like you can't, yeah. you can't just like be like, oh, I'm just not gonna do that today. Um, so I, I find it, I find it a challenge. I find it a challenge all the time. But again, that intentionality, like um, when I'm spending time with my daughter, just really, you know, give her the time. So I mean, I'll, I'll put it like this: There's times I, I that I'm like working on building whatever I'm building for the family because I'm always trying to build some type of home-based business, right? Um, yeah. And then the daughter comes in with her big old bag of blocks. <laughs> She's like, Come on, daddy. Let's play, daddy. Come on, daddy. And and I, I ain't gonna even lie. There's times when I'm like, all right, babe, like I'm gonna like give me a second. Like, give me a second. And then like there's times where conviction just hits me, like, you know what? She's asking and you're not responding. So yeah. you're you're teaching her a behavior 
that when she asks, not to expect a response. Oh, stop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, just, and so, that just shot me. Oh. And then, and then dude, so like, like when those moments hit me, and it's really Holy Spirit, you know, convicting me, like, uh, like, hey, put it down. Like, drop your computer and get on the floor. And there's, there's those moments, I think the way that Ash would look at it, she's like, what just happened? It's like impulsive. Like, <laughs> you, like you were just focused on this. <laughs> you were literally just focused on this. And all of a sudden, you just got up and just, like, start doing that. And then I'm <laughs> on the floor playing blocks, like, whatever. Put everything aside. And, um, and it feels good. Because yeah. you know that even though all of these things are important, like, this is most important. Because at the end of the day, I mean, and I, man, I, I'll just be honest, man. I just, it scares me sometimes to think that like a 16 year old, 17 year old kid, that's really where they start to make their decisions. Right. So, yeah. um, I, I'll just put it like this. So my parents are divorced and, um, I was 17 when like the whole divorce happened. Right. So when I went to, when they had like the little court meeting or whatever, the judge basically told me she was like you know you're 17 you're not like 18 to literally make the choice yet but because you're so close to it you're literally like months away i let you make the decision who do you want to stay with dang oh man that moment in my I life imagine being in that position <laughs> that moment in my life wait, like, wait, wait. before you before you get to that part i, I want to ask this so there can okay. kind of be a little bit more context with that were you close to both parents Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my, my parents, like, um, I think so that when I turned 17, they had been separated for a little bit over two years, but all that while up to that point, like my dad, like we were a family, like he, he would work, come home, you know, he would be there to support us at our football games and all of that. Mom was obviously involved and, in, you know, picking us up, taking us to school. Like, yeah, we were a family. Um, then, you know, the divorce happened, pulled the strains of everything. And, you know, then it was like, Hey, like, who do you want to stay with? I chose my mom just because like the society and how society is built, men are, are normally the ones that are out of the home more, mm -hmm. less visible, right? Because we're out making the money, right? Um, and that whole, man, it, it opens up so many conversations and I know I'm kind of all over the place, y'all. No, 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 you, you, you in the right place. You, yeah, in, the right you place. in the right place. This is, this is what the podcast is, is, is about. This is well, what it's and, about. So yeah, you, and you right say, where you're supposed to be. I'll say, man, like going back to when Zoe was born, um, I remember having a conversation with Ash and, uh, we were just talking about like how life was going to be, you know, as, as Zoe started to grow up and some way we got on like, man, it's going to be crazy. Like when she takes her first steps and, you know, walks and everything. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be great. I was like, I'm probably not going to be around to see it though. And she was like, why you say that? It just came out of nowhere, huh? Yeah. Like, we were just talking. It just, you know, and I was like, I'm probably not going to be around to see it. And she was like, why would you say something like that? I was like, well, because society has it built for men to be away so that we don't experience those events. Wow. And yeah, so it true. went down that same way. I remember really? when the day that she started walking, 
she asked, sent me a, a short video and was like, Zoe just walked. And I'm living in San Bernardino, California. I'm all the way out in like Anaheim that day. You know, literally away. <laughs> like, you know, because that's where I worked, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and even before that happened, like, you know, months before that, when we had the conversation, like, that's, that's how society has built it. Like, men are not usually around for those moments. And, and those things there already make it hard for men to be, uh, by children sometimes, to be seen as pillars in their right. life. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when it came to me, going back to the courtroom, when it came to me making that decision uh, with, a, with a child's undeveloped mind, uh, a, young, a young person's uh, undeveloped, fully undeveloped mind, um, I made the choice that I knew more mm-hmm. when I had experienced more. And so it's just like, you know, that, that fact just kind of taking it into, you know, our context today, like that's how life has been for men. And, and my daughter, like she definitely, I try to really make her feel special. And then that, that opens up this other paradigm, right? So now Ash has Zoe all day long, you know, Zoe has this thing, unsaid thing. Mommy's all, m- mommy's hard on me. <laughs> Mommy. Mm-hmm. So then when dad comes, it's like, hey, dad, like, let's play. Let's play. <laughs> and and w- my time with her is always like, hey, like roughhousing, you know, tickling her, playing around. And as like over there, like, man, see, you spoiling her. <laughs> but really, <laughs> Really, the reason is because my time with her is is a lot more limited. limited. Yeah, it's limited. But her yeah. time with her is so much that the things that she needs to be taught to bring discipline to her life, Ash has to be the one to enforce that because she's with her all the time. If she, yeah. if there's nobody that enforces it like that, then she's not going to get that side of her upbringing that puts boundaries in her life. But mm-hmm. then when dad comes in, I'm also the most like, brute when it comes to discipline when those times come but i'm also seen as the most nice every other day right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true it's true like my and my wife like she knows you know what i mean it's like it's it's the vibe of the home like yeah. if 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 she can't handle it then it comes to me as far as discipline is concerned but she knows most of the time the kids are happy to see me because, and she'd be looking same looks like, ah, they just, you're the fun, you're the fun one. You're the yeah, best, you're, you're the best man. friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, her best friend is here now. No, I'm like, man, but it's, it's how our society has built it, man. And it's, uh, it's a shame that it's like that, but yeah. So, I mean, so that's, that's the thing. And I, and, and I think that has to be balanced out too, because then, you can kind of set this this tone where like your kids kind of look to you as just like that's the person I play with you know that's the person that I just like enjoy and you know sometimes like well I I don't know I think because like with Zoe it's like when I say something when I finally do say something it has meaning and she like oh man like I could I could get on her about something and she just run in the corner and start crying <laughs> but get my daughter the same way 
Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't my sons are like that. My wife, she can say it forever. If I say it once, then yeah, she's like, oh shoot, like okay, it's, it's crazy now. It's crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, Man, so. Man, see, I don't, I don't even really know where to go. Like, I'm looking at the questions. I'm like, yo, like, I don't really know. You know Sorry, y'all. It's, it's kind of, but y'all know oh, how I am. I be, I be back and forth. <laughs> no, no, but that, it, it's perfect. Though. Like I said, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what this podcast is really all about, is, like, having those real conversations. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, because there's so many people out there, whether you're a Christian or, you know, whatever you are, like, people need real conversations so that they can get the help that they need. Like, there have yeah. been, I, I'll say it like this, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about you earlier, you know what I mean? Like, there have been so many conversations I've had with you where, you know what I'm saying, because we had those conversations, it helped in some way. You know what I'm saying? And so, and same thing with Dre. We've had conversations that have just helped in some way. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, every time when we do uh, an episode is that, you know, when people listen to it, they find some type of help that some type of help that they needed, you know what I mean, in that particular area. Whether it's, you know, so right now we're doing a whole series on fatherhood. We started last week with just me and Dre, and then, you know, we hitting with you, and then, you know, a couple of uh, more episodes, a couple of regular episodes, because we're going to have some bonus ones um, in between them. But, you know I'm saying? Like, that's what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to help fathers out. Uh, one thing for sure is to hopefully, you know, help uh, bring more fathers into the home, whether they're already in the home, but they're just being, they're acting as sp- sperm donors or, you know, <laughs> my God, that, that, that's, <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Or they're not physically there, you know what I'm saying? They need to find that reconciliation or whatever it is that they need to do to make sure that they're in their kid's life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but let me, uh, let me kind of ask this and, you know, we already just, we we uh floating right now on eight feet. <laughs> so, um, did you feel prepared uh, to be a father? Like when you found out, you know, your wife was going was you know gonna bring a child into the world. Did you feel prepared for that, or you know how how was that how was that for you? I don't think anybody feels prepared, man. <laughs> like, nah, definitely not. Well, okay, so but some people they might feel you know what I'm saying they might feel like oh I'm prepared for this, and then they realize right. that they're not. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, definitely not. Uh, and this, and and I think this is the main reason why. So y'all know Zoe was a preemie, um, and she was significantly preemie. She was almost three whole months premature. Um, and so at that time of her birth, like, I mean, I have nothing ready, like no crib. I mean, we were like, we were like, oh, we'll start buying stuff like next month. And then all of a sudden she came. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that in itself was crazy. Uh, but, you know, as far as feeling prepared to be a father, um, I, knew, I knew I was capable. But, you know, that, onyx, that, that unknown area of territory that you've never been, like, I was kind of like, man, I don't, like, am I going to mess this up? <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, I mean, the short answer is no. I I didn't feel prepared. Um, I didn't feel prepared financially. I didn't feel prepared uh, totally mentally either. Um, I just just was like, you know, the great thing about about my life is I 
I follow Jesus <laughs> and everything that scares me. I just I just put on him and that's it. <laughs> like, hey. Oh, uh, that kind of leads to another question. And how did you deal with the news? Like, how do you think you dealt with it? Whew. I'll just put it this way. And I I mean, y'all probably experienced it too, but maybe a mine was different. So Zoe comes home. Uh, she came home Christmas night after being in uh, the uh, the um, what do they call it? The NICU. NICU. Yeah. Yeah. After being in there for like almost three whole months, she comes home oh, Christmas night, and you know NICU, it's it's a twenty four seven business. Yeah. Right. It so is. she's used to sleeping and lights on, used to hearing all the noise and everything. So the first mm -hmm. night, the first night home. We got the lights off. It's quiet, <laughs> and she, and she going crazy. She like, what is yeah. this? I mean, we didn't sleep at all. I ain't gonna even lie. I I literally said, God, is this how my life is gonna be now? <laughs> I dude. I mean, I was like, that NICU makes a whole difference, man. Like we didn't we didn't sleep at all like that first night. Like it was so crazy, um, but you know it. Uh, it, I don't know, man. It it was it was it was tough. It was tough making the adjustment, and then like, unfortunately, because you know I'm a homeowner, and you know I have a lot of expenses and stuff. Like my uh, my company, they were gonna give me like you know the 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 leave and everything, but that was gonna be like what sixty percent. Ash is not working. And so I just couldn't do it. Like I literally took off, like, I think I took off two weeks of work, um, not, you know, regular pay, just regular vacation time. And then I was just going back and forth to work. And so then me and Ash, we ended up coming up with the schedule where, you know, I was like, hey babe, like I want you to get sleep because I don't ever want us to be at a, a position again where we like walking around like zombies. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so we ended up working out a schedule where I would get home from work. I would take I would take Zoe all the way up until like twelve to one a.m. and Ash would literally go to sleep at like six or seven p.m. and then she would get up at like midnight or one a.m. so that she could really get some sleep and then I could get some sleep before I got up at like six to head to work. That's um, like graveyard shifts. That's yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, but it worked out, but uh it it was uh it was a challenge, man. Like it was a challenge making the adjustment and then having a preemie that came home and was on oxygen after she came home for like another 3 months. So everywhere mm. we went, Sheesh. we had to carry a, a can with us and have the tubes in her in her nose and then, you know, some days where you would want to do things and you know, meet up with family. It was just like, we were just so tired from being parents in general, but yeah. Yeah. tired of all the other stuff that came with having a preemie that had to be on oxygen. Um, and I don't know if y'all know, but y'all know Zoe had like a heart surgery when she was like two months. No, yeah, I, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, Dang. so she, she uh, so basically like when babies come out, you know, they're supposed to cry. And then there's like this third valve to the heart that closes um, mm -hmm. because they cry. Well, she she came out and she didn't have the strength to cry. Uh, so the valve never Man. closed. So they basically was like, well, we're going to give her time to get healthier. And it was crazy, man, because the same day that we actually did have the baby shower, 
and we entertaining all these guests here at the house, Zoe was literally under the knife. And wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was crazy. And she and and went and, and mind you, so this is like this is like a month and a half, two months into her life, she has this surgery. Well then mm-hmm. after that, she still doesn't come home until about three months, right? So it was just crazy because like when she came home, she wasn't even five pounds. <laughs> so Dang. she went under the knife and she was like three pounds, two and a half pounds. Wow. And uh it you know, it was just it was hard. So we, you know, we put on our smiles and everything in front of everybody entertaining them. But we was just so anxious to get to the hospital and, and see how it how it went. And so yeah, so even to this day, like on on Zoe's uh back shoulder blade, there's the scar where they went in through her shoulder blade to get to her heart to close the valve. So uh it Dang. It was a lot, man. <laughs> so it it was a whole lot. And, uh, you know, and that's why, you know, that's, I, I think definitely, if I be honest, that's one of the main reasons why we haven't been uh, so, like, moved forward into uh, the next, the next step uh, with having other children. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know if you guys also know, but Zoe is also considered autistic. Uh, slightly autistic, but autistic. So that brings us other challenges as well. So, oh wow, uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's a lot. So I definitely wasn't prepared for all of this <laughs> to mm-hmm. go back to yeah, the question. Right. But uh, you know, God is God is faithful, man. I feel that, man. Uh, it's like it's crazy, like when you really think about like all the different challenges that come with early on. You know what I'm saying? Like when you first bringing the baby home and trying to adjust. Everybody's situation is so different, man. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, I, like there's a similarity with you know what I'm saying, like where Linux had to go to the NICU as well. You know what I'm saying? But even still, that's that's different because you know what I'm saying. Like you, like Zoe had to do the whole heart surgery thing and. All the other stuff, like you know, after like I didn't have yeah. that uh, that much. So it's like there's some similarity in the sense of the NICU, and you know, what I'm saying, and just dealing with all that. And now that you broke that down, as far as like she's used to, you know, the whole lights and the sounds and all that stuff, that makes more sense in my head. When Lennox came home, it's like, oh, okay, that makes better sense why he was acting like that. You know, what I'm saying like I kind of like was like, oh, well, he used to sleep in there, but it didn't. It it wasn't like completely clear to me like it is now. Like, oh, that's why. Like that's why yeah. he was acting like that. That's why it was so difficult to deal with him and things like that and and um and to to comfort him and all because it just it was a lot different. And I think, yeah. you know, on top of that too, he wanted he wanted mommy and he needed that comfort mm-hmm. that only his mom could give. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So so but yeah, man, uh Every every pregnancy, every uh, birth, every child is definitely different. So, oh yeah, uh, and it's and it's uh, the whole autism thing puts a whole nother aspect in it um, as parents, uh, just because like the system, you know, um, they they immediately wanted to go ahead and and label her. Uh, mm-hmm. and, wow, and that's and that's one of the things that you know, we've been battling basically ever since, like, you know, they, basically ever since she was born. I mean, like, literally, like, we take her home, 
you know, probably like right around the time she turns one, they're like sending us information about like how, you know, hey, you know, a lot of babies that are born like this, they do show signs of autism and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we want to have her tested for this and tested for that and, and all this. I mean, Zoe had at the age of like, I want to say she was like two and a half. They were sending a, a, a teacher to the house like a couple times a week to just kind of help her with motor skills and all that kind of stuff. So having to go through that um, and literally knowing that the only reason that this person is in your house is because the system uh, is designed for kids that show these uh, signs of autism. And it's hard because allowing the, allowing her to be enrolled in these type of programs creates a, a track record. Yeah, yeah. The way that the system deals with these track records is they label the case and the files so that when the kids get to school, this has been their history. Um, expect behavioral problems, expect this type of issue or this learning disability. So uh, don't put them in the regular class, put them in that class. And so that is, uh, that's just been a challenge and it's a challenge for us too because you know obviously like the way that uh, a parent deals with children they deal with them based on their history uh our history wasn't that of being autistic so even us as parents having to learn that sometimes like the way that zoe responds to stuff um is literally a sign of her autism like you know being overexcitable because of this or uh, wondering why like she's like gazing at certain things a certain type of way. Um, and you're like, hey, you okay? And then she comes out of it and just like laughing and running to the other room. Like, uh, and just understanding like all these signs and understanding how autism works, but you don't really have a reference for it because you've never had to raise a kid, let alone a kid that's autistic. Uh, right. and, and then understand how they're, how they learn and how their learning is different than, uh, the regular child. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's been a lot, you know, uh, I'm glad you're talking about this too, man, because, you know, uh, I had a conversation with Ashley, um, mm -hmm. like I think at, at the baby shower of my son, uh, cause you guys came mm -hmm. and, uh, I was talking to her about my daughter because she was showing some signs. But we never got a diagnosed, you know what I mean? And one of the reasons why is because kind of like some of the stuff you said, like I didn't want her integrated into that system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't want that label to follow her. And, you know, my idea about limits is like, man, even if she is learning a little different, she ain't really got no limits. So, you know what I'm saying? So right. we're not going to place none on her that's unnecessary. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, man, so, but it, it is a challenge at times. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, this is different okay, this is different, you know what I mean? But somebody yeah. once told me, I got a friend that's kind of in their field, and she came to me and told me, was like, yo, what really matters is that you can communicate with her. Can exactly. you communicate with her? And so I just, you know, I went into like, you know, I'm competitive. I went into overdrive and was like, we gonna talk every day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna figure out a way, we gonna talk every yep. day. So, and, and that virtually worked though, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, forget what, you know what I'm saying, what any diagnosis could say, we talk. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. There's nothing in there. I've tried to teach her that she hasn't learned. So I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this, though. 
Yeah, and it's and it's crazy because like you know you you begin to like learn how your children understand when they're autistic and and it becomes like oh it's not really so different. It's just that the world though they don't understand it, and so yeah. you're you're trying to like bring them into a place or teach them how to communicate with an outside world that doesn't understand it. And so sometimes people don't understand like. You know, they, they, they can be like, oh, y'all are just like super overprotective of her. But it's like, no, we just don't, we don't really want you to misunderstand how she's trying to communicate because you don't know how she communicates. Exactly. It, it's, it's not necessarily what is normal to people. And so, you know, some people can look at her, you know, the way that she responds to certain things as like, you know, disrespectful or whatever. And that's not the case. It's just like, you know, she don't understand it like that and you're not talking her language. And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, we can come, uh, some people would be like y'all overprotective, uh, you know, just like even like certain children's groups and stuff. Zoe, you know, most of the time she's just going to go. And, and part of this is because she's a single child, but she's, she'll mm-hmm. go and play by herself you know versus playing with other kids and stuff so um my daughter's the same way yeah so it's it's uh it's a real conversation man and uh and it's 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 hard for people to understand you know um yeah until they until you actually walk in those shoes so so let's um let's do it like this we're in the last few minutes of the uh of this episode so mike what let me ask this and then we can close out from this um what what is something that you can um what's some type of encouragement you can give to the fathers out there that's listening and then follow up with just you know where people can follow you and connect with you and whatnot and your music for sure uh encouragement to fathers man is again be intentional about everything man like um and you know and i say that from a place of just like you know, understanding what it means to be a son of of a family that has been affected by divorce, which many of us have, uh, uh, a father who has a daughter with autism, and and just the importance of you know, like I said, like the whole the whole reason I brought up that point about like me being in the courtroom and having to make a decision between my parents is literally because um, you know, like the age of 17 is where kids have the ability to make their decisions and their choices, what they're going to do, how they're going to hide things from you, all of that. They have more knowledge and the time, the very short time that we have as fathers uh, up to that age, what you do in those years, uh, especially like the, the younger years, five up to five, six, eight, you know, that's going to determine really, if those, if your children feel that they can run to you and if they feel that they can be open with you. Uh, I heard Dre, I think on the last podcast, you were just talking about like, you, you know, that there are some things that your kids aren't going to say, they're not going to tell you. And that's real. We know that, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you want to have such an open and transparent relationship with them that they don't feel any, any reason to not share. Like they know yeah, that right, if, right. They, if they share something with you, that's a little bit to the left, like your response is going to be like, I love you regardless. Right. Right. Now, 
this is my perspective on it and 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 literally being a parent in their life that leads them to the right direction even though sometimes the situation may be something that you don't want to discuss uh so i think i think if you just continue to um you know like again like your kid comes and says hey dad like can we play blocks and you're like hey you know i'm trying to finish up this work project or i'm trying to finish up this assignment you have to still do those things but like find a way that in those moments that they can have more moments where you dropped that stuff and gave yeah. that time to them versus not because <laughs> guys you know. plenty of times hit me and be like boy you better watch blippy you better learn all of the languages and all of the <laughs> concepts and i mean and those things those things mean a lot just like you know yeah. we have we have our inside jokes or experiences that we have with each other but we only have them with each other because of community right right so being able to say like you know <laughs> I'm an excavator. Oh, man. <laughs> that, is my, that is Lennox's favorite song, bro. <laughs> Just being able to, you know, come. I mean, there's times I'll come in the room and I'll be like, I'm an excavator. And then she'll just light up, you know, just because yeah. that's something that she's in, in make, making those type of connections. Um, so, yeah, on that, to fathers, just be intentional as you can. Uh, as far as just connecting with me, I mean, Instagram right now. <laughs> I took my <laughs> website down just because I was like, I don't need a website right now. Uh, so uh, I, I am, the tag is, uh, the handle is I am Mike Darnell on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way to connect with me right now. But a lot of things that I'm building, man, a lot of things I'm trying to get out. Um, a lot of things the Lord is talking to me about as well. So yeah. Nice. Show, man. nice. Listen, thank you for coming on, bro. Like, we seriously, appreciate like you, bro. You said you said so many different things, bro. Like, I like it, it, it's 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 amazing. Like, it, and it was very much helpful. It was very much needed. Uh, you didn't go far off nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just can't wait to AP. listen back to it. I don't I, think man, I've ever been as excited to want to listen back to an episode. I, I listen crazy. back to all the episodes because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's one thing to deliver the message, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. another thing to listen back. And I've literally experienced that every single time that I listen back to, you know, any and every episode that we've done so far. So I, I'm even more excited for this one. I think especially because I'm a father myself, you know what I mean? So it's like, yo, like he said some stuff that I need to listen to again. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But listen, the track right now that is playing in the background, that is uh, Mike Darnell's song, his Election Day album, Because You Asked, literally one of my favorite songs, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, that, and that hook is like the dopest ever. Like, that hook, like, yeah. If, if people know where the lyrics come from, they'll understand why I say that. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is hey man we appreciate you bro love you man hope you guys are doing well in this quarantine well i'm sure you guys are we've talked but you know what i'm saying but listen like just keep being you bro that if i, if I was to just say anything else to you man because you're 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 that great of a of a brother and a friend and 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 anybody that meets you they they couldn't say any ill thing about you they could yeah. like there's just nothing bad to say about you bro so i, I appreciate you man uh um, thank you for man. thanks for coming on and, and being transparent with us 
and with our audience. And with that, man, we going out on Because You Asked. <laughs> hey, y'all go download Election Day. Like, yeah, go on sure. Spotify, go on Apple Music or wherever else you go to stream your music. Go download that thing, man, because this, I, I promise you, it, I, you will, it will bless your life. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like it will help. <laughs> it will. It will bring you to the lights. It will flip the switch in your life. Oh, and speaking of, we are now on Patreon. We are now on Patreon. Hey. Go check us out. www.patreon.com/backslash/we flip the switch. Go and support your boys. And at the same time, go get your bonus content. Go get your exclusive content. Go get and tap into the the content early, even. For the and shout out to our latest follower too. Shout out to our latest Patreon. Oh yeah, follower. hey, that's my bro, DeAndre Johnson Sr. Man, appreciate you, bro. Um, listen, I, I couldn't ask for more support. Sometimes, like it, we, me, me and me and DeAndre, we don't talk often, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's one of my brothers that supports. You know what I'm saying from the from far away. You know what I mean. He 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 knows when I when I'm doing something, and if he can make it out or if he can go support, he comes support him, his wife, which my uh, one of my sisters from school, and they and they bring their kids, man. So I appreciate y'all. All right, for yeah. sure, man. All right, man. We out. We out. Thank y'all.